Welcome to Saturday Story Circle, always on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated G for general audiences. Are you being attacked by birds and other small animals? Ask your doctor about Get Awaysome, the new medicine designed to repel aggressive small animal attacks. Get Awaysome has been shown to cause sleeplessness. Please consult your doctor to see if Get Awaysome is right for you. Are you having trouble sleeping? Ask your doctor about Dozenoff, the new medicine designed to help you get a good night's rest and feel great in the morning. Dozenoff may cause sweaty elbows. Please consult your doctor to see if Dozenoff is right for you. Hello and welcome to Archaeology Hour. On this, the inaugural broadcast of the show, we have a very important guest lined up. A VIG, if you will. But first, I would like to take some of your calls. The number is 1-800-555-8241, and our engineer Charles is standing by to field your calls. I am your host, Monterey Shepherd. I did my doctorate at Balliol College, Oxford, and was a professor of archaeology at King's College, London. I have led expeditions in over 20 countries and have been a consulting curator for several prestigious museums around the world. I very much look forward to sharing many exciting archaeological discussions and discoveries with you. Now, why don't we take some of your calls? On line three, we have Jeremy from Berkeley, California. Hello, Jeremy, and welcome to Archaeology Hour. Uh, hey, um, I've been wondering, like, how to get into archaeology, because, like, Indiana Jones is really cool, and so, like, I really want to be an archaeologist like him. So, you know, like... I can find cool magical stuff and have some, like, adventures? Well, Jeremy, I, I hate to disappoint you, but characters like Indiana Jones are entirely fictional. Archaeology involves long study and research and patience, and while there is certainly adventure, it is more of an adventure of the mind, an adventure of discovering something in a book or in your research that you were not expecting. And the likelihood of coming across fantastical artifacts like the Holy Grail or the Ark of the Covenant is, uh, I must say, uh, really quite small. Oh, uh, okay. Whatever. Well, thank you for your call, Jeremy. Now we will go to Natalie in Philadelphia. Natalie, welcome to Archaeology Hour. Hello, thanks for taking my call. What I'd like to know is, in the third Indiana Jones movie, when he drinks from the Holy Grail, doesn't that mean he'll live forever? And if so, why does he look older in the fourth movie? And in the Raiders of the Lost Ark, when Indiana Jones... Okay, I am sorry, but I have to interrupt here. This show is called Archaeology Hour, not Film Discussion Hour. Charles, are there any calls in the queue that have a question that does not pertain to Indiana Jones? Uh, no. Ah. <sighs> Well, then I need to emphasize once again to all of the listeners out there that archaeology is a very serious discipline. The archaeologists that I know and work with are intellectually focused and quite sober and discerning. We consider our work to be very important and we do not take any aspect of it lightly or with any degree of treasure-seeking folly as the famous Indiana Jones. 
Now, to illustrate what I mean, I would like to introduce our guest today. This man is one of the leading archaeological scientists in the world, and he has made an astounding discovery in Egypt which will demonstrate what important and serious work a real archaeologist can do. Professor Howard Felsbar. Howard, thank you for taking the time to be with us today. Yes, indeed, Monty. It's my pleasure to be here. Howard, please tell us about the fascinating discovery that you have made in Egypt. Well, yes, I'll be happy to, but before I do that, I'd like to ask you a question, one archaeologist to another. Why, certainly. From an archaeological standpoint, what do you think was more accurate, the second Indiana Jones movie or the third? Hmm. <laughs> Just kidding, Monty. <laughs> Just kidding. Good one, Howard. Good one. <laughs> yes, well, I couldn't help but hear your frustration about those callers. I agree that it's a shame that the world thinks of archaeology in terms of Indiana Jones, when, as you say, there's so much serious work being done in the field. Indeed, indeed. Speaking of which, I understand that after years of painstaking research, you have discovered the tomb of a hitherto unknown Egyptian ruler? Yes, that's right, Monty. In fact, he was the brother of the very well-known King Tutankhamun, otherwise known as King Tut. Yes, of course. But although Tutankhamun gets all of the attention in modern times, it turns out that his brother Tutan often was actually a much more beloved and powerful leader back in ancient Egypt. Well, this is simply amazing. What else can you tell us about this Tutan often? I understand that among the many artifacts in his tomb that you found a scroll with a written tribute to him, sort of a eulogy, is that right? Yes, and though the translation is a bit crude, I have to say it's quite a stunning and very poetic description of his life. I'd be happy to do a dramatic reading of it for your listeners. Oh, yes, that would be splendid. Charles, do we have some music that would go with that? Yeah, I've got just the thing. Good, good. Ladies and gentlemen, Professor Howard Felsbar, reading a poem about the life of Tutan Often. Many years ago, a great ruler among us came. When our home of Egypt was pummeled by powerful gales, the sandstorms were blinding, buildings were torn from the frame. Giant warships were carried through the air by their sails. Then almost at once, the great tempest did cease. A child had been born, and hushed prayers were spoken for the prince Tutan often, whose arrival brought peace, and in whose presence a giant wind had been broken. He grew up with faith, as immense as his wealth. He sang praises to Ra in a glorious medley. But he also could fight, and with the utmost of stealth. As a warrior, he was silent but deadly. At the harvest each year, a large feast was prepared with dairy products, grains, and the fruit of the trees. Tutan often gave thanks as the bounty was shared, and he was blessed with the honor of cutting the cheese. In a time of great famine, his charity gained proof 
to give food to the poor, those with wealth wouldn't risk it. But Tutan often threw down bread from his palace's roof, and the hungry below were grateful for each floating air biscuit. He was shrewd as a ruler when his judgments were made. If a case was unsettled, he eagerly tried it. When a man declared innocence for illegal trade, Tudin often pronounced, he who denied it supplied it. He had wisdom and strength and a kind reputation, but his fate failed to give him a measure of luck. For he died in his prime from a deep laceration incurred from a fall when he stepped on a duck. A funeral was held and many thousands did mourn for the leader and friend they no longer would know. How easy to rejoice when such a great soul is born, but it's always much harder to let one go. Oh, thank you, Howard. That was, in a word, breathtaking. It was so powerful my eyes were tearing up. Yes, I know. You can tell from the poem that he had quite an air about him that everyone around him really responded to. Yes, indeed, and we will get a much bigger whiff of that air, so to speak, right after the break. More with Howard Feldspar as he tells us all about Tootin' Often, coming right up. I am Monterey Shepherd, and you are listening to Archaeology Hour. If you want a huge selection of audio drama, some of the newest ones out there as they come out, then do find Sunday Showcase on the Mutual Audio Network, which is the new home of the Sonic Society, the world's longest-running, largest showcase of modern audio drama. You can find us on the Sunday Showcase feed, or if you want to hear all of the day's worth of audio, then you can find it on the main Mutual Audio Network feed, wherever you get your podcasts. The Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining together. Together. 